You've arrived. You've arrived to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Truly appreciate everybody tuning in. Mean that from the bottom of my heart, top of my heart, every piece of my heart, man. Truly do mean that. And I appreciate each and every one of y'all. Um, with that being said, hope everybody's doing well. Wishing y'all the best out there. And if there's anything that I can help you with, um, feel free to reach out. Hit me on the DMs, anywhere, location, you know, social media. Not that hard to find. Y'all found me here, so y'all know how to find me. Um Love to help if there's somebody in my network that I can assist with or do something or you even want to jump on the podcast, reach out to me, man. It's Bob Dog. I love y'all. So today's episode, UFC. Oh, this has been building. Big shout out to Dana White, Sean Shelby, everybody over there, everybody building. It's amazing what you guys are doing over there. It's truly inspirational and I love every piece of it. Um, whoo. Dana White, he dodged that bullet, man. The whole thing with him and his wife, man, he truly, I don't know how you did it, man, but you pulled that one off. Uh, <laughs> you did that one. UFC 292, need to jump all the way back to that one. I'm not going to cover it too long just because we already know the deal. We know what happened, but what I do want to cover is what's to come. Um, Sugar Sean O'Malley, what is next for Sugar Sean O'Malley? I'll tell you what I w- wish was next for him and what I feel is correct, but I'll tell you the way it's going to go. Who should get the rematch with Sugar Sean O'Malley? Aljamain Sterling. No question about it. With all those title defenses, what he's done in that division and his reign on top, he totally deserves a rematch. The rematch that's going to happen, Marlon Vera. There's no question in my mind. Um, it's an easier fight for Sugar Sean, and I don't mean that in the sense of striking because Marlon Vera is the better striker, but end of the day, Sugar Sean does not want to be on the floor. If he fights Aljamain Sterling, he knows chances are he will end up on the floor this time. Um, the chances were last time, but he didn't. Chances are he, he doesn't want to be on the floor. He doesn't want to wrestle with Aljo. That's a world that he really doesn't want to go into. And I think it's definitely in his favor to go with the Marlon Vera fight. It's going to draw a lot of tickets. That is his only loss in the UFC, even though he doesn't claim it. It definitely was a loss, and we all know it. So between Sugar Sean, Aljo, the rematch that's going to occur, Marlon Vera. He's going to get the rematch. Aljamain Sterling deserves it 100%. I do think Aljo should get the rematch. He's already said that he wanted the rematch, and... I haven't heard anything but crickets since then. So it's very interesting to watch this, especially with the Marab situation. Dana White, he's the boss. You never want the boss talking about you the way that Dana White talked about Marab. Um, that was very concerning if I was in Marab's corners, teams, family, anything. I'd be like, hey, man, that's that's the boss there. You know what I mean? That's the dude we're supposed to be making happy. That's interesting. That's a whole nother story. Marab, he's going to have to fight, you know what I mean, see who that number one contender really is. He's going to have to see who the best is, and that's that's the whole deal. Um, Aljo, that one's covered. Zhang Weili, she completely dominated Amanda Lemos. Um, no competition in that fight. It wasn't even close. Zhang Weili, there is no competition in that division. It's very difficult looking at that whole ranking and everything. There's nobody... You, we even want to see against her. I mean, there's no competition. There's nobody. She almost has to go up. Uh, I mean, that's her division. That's where she's 
built for. That's her weight class, and there's nobody on her level. What's next for Zhang? I guess you could try to put together that China card and have her fight Yan. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the last name. It has X's and O's and all types of shit in it. I don't know how to pronounce, so Yan is, would be a good fight for her. Um, I'm not even going to say it's a good fight. It's just regionally, the way that it sets up for marketing and everything, it looks like it could structure a very good China card over there for the, that region if the UFC makes it. Over there, I'm not sure the politics involved in that one. Dana White would, and that's why I give him all the respect, and I don't know how the hell he pulls it off sometimes. Um, After Zang, we got Ian Gary. Ian Gary, to me personally, he lost a fan. This whole last get-together, this whole press conference, the way that he was attacking uh, Neil Magny for what Neil said, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in discipline. I do not mind. You know, some kids need that ass whoop. Now, me personally... I never had to whoop my son's ass. Um, there was a time where he got in trouble in school, and he we, I told him, we're going to get home, man. We're going to have to settle this one. You know what I mean? This is going to have to go down. And he cried his eyes out, man. We didn't make it home. I t- pulled over to the side of the road. I told him to get out of the car. I gave him the biggest hug I could ever give him. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, I never had to. That was the last time I ever got called into that school. You know what I mean? He, he knows the get down has got to get down, and that's just the way I grew up um, with that being, you know, I put it first. I, we got the paddle. We got our asses whooped. And I mean, legitly, but it also brought a fear into our lives of accountability and repercussions for fucking around. You, you know what I mean? Uh, fuck around and find out was kind of what it came to. And we didn't want to find out. So we didn't really fuck around when it came to that. And if we did fuck around, we did it real strategically to where we had to minimize our risk of getting caught because the consequences were severe, you know, and we, we need them consequences sometimes. So to each their own, I'm not going to tell people how to parent, how not to parent. I, like I'm not the person to sit and tell people who's wrong, but just the way that he attacked just the whole character and the way he went about it, it was very, it was, it was cringy, man. It was cringy would be the way that I can put all of his interviews and just the way that he, went about it he's definitely not a conor mcgregor he's not a people person he's never going to have that pop and you see it. he is a great fighter he went out there he demonstrated great skill great skill i mean completely i mean just outclass neil magny in every way shape or form neil magny should not even be ranked after that fight i mean that that's a that's a bad one that's that's a real bad loss it showed that you were outclassed in every area and that's tough, man. That's tough. He's got to reconsider his whole situation after that bout. Um, Ian Gary, though, he looked sharp, man. He looked good. He dominated, on, you know. Um, he completely dominated. It was a beautiful showing. And he went out there and just put on a clinic. Um, I don't believe he got the finish. It's been a while now, but if I remember correctly, maybe he did. He definitely had that leg beat up very early and was putting it on him. Um, Ian Gary, lost a fan, but one hell of a performance. Not going to lie. Um, Mario Batista versus Damon Blackshear. Very disappointed in that fight. That's where this all started. I had a Blackshear thing going out, man. I wanted to give him all the credit he was due with his seven-day turnaround, coming back to fight, make weight twice in a week. You know, that was beautiful. Going out to break records, showed up that first round, put on one hell of a performance, and just dwindled after that. You could see that weight cut taking its effect. Second round, he was just depleted. Third round, he was so drained. Mario Batista just kept putting it on him. You know what I mean? It was consistent. First round, he got his ass whooped. Second round, he was staying consistent. The stamina started keeping him in it. Third round, dominated. Mario Batista, congratulations. Where you go from here, I don't care. It wasn't impressive in that sense. Um, Whatever you do, do. I'll keep an eye on it, you know, but 
it wasn't a dominating performance and nobody were looking forward going to. I didn't even want to waste the time looking through and figuring out where he's supposed to go from here. Uh, Demond Blackshear, respect, man, respect. To turn around seven days, no, you know, seven days turnaround, probably five day notice. That was beautiful, but just fell short, man. That's a tough turnaround, tough weight cuts back to back. It's a tough thing about the weight cuts. If you're fighting towards your natural size, you could probably do that. You could pull that off. But when you're actually cutting weights, and he's a big fella, he's stacked. So I think he was up to 155, I believe he said. So he had to cut, you know, that 20 pounds. That's not easy. That is not, I think he's at 151. I don't remember exactly what he got up to. I did hear it in an interview, but it was not easy. After that, we had uh, UFC Singapore. That took effect. That was a beautiful, beautiful fight card. Another shout out. Dana White put that together. Amazing fight card. UFC Singapore lived up beyond the hype. Uh, Max Holloway, Korean Zombie, big shout out. Love everything that you did on that event. That was spectacular. I mean, you did nothing short. I mean, you delivered uh, both of them, both fighters. I mean, that fight card was pretty impressive. We had a, um, let's just go what's next. We'll start up top with the, with the main event. Max Holloway, we know it's next for Korean Zombie. Happy retirement. Wish you the best. Um, your singing career, I already hear you popping off. So, Korean Zombie, big shout out. Max Holloway, what's next for Max Holloway? I listened to an interview from him yesterday. He said he's not calling anybody out. I've got to do it for him. The next fight for Max Holloway is Ilya Taporia. Ilya Taporia is the next fight for Max Holloway. That's all we can say. That's who's in line. He doesn't deserve Volkanovski. He hasn't fought anybody but Josh Emmett. He also beat um, Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell is an up-and-comer. That's it. You know, he's definitely not coming very far with that performance. But with that being said, the only guy he's beaten is Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett does not qualify you for a title shot, um, especially the gatekeeper in that division to get to Volk is Max Holloway. It would be a great fight. It's actually going to test his skills. It will test him stand up. You want to take him down. Max Holloway is not the dude to play with. Um, That's the fight. That's the fight to make for Max Holloway. He said he's not calling anybody out. Let's do it for him, folks. Get on Twitter. Hit Dana White. We need him to fight Ilya. And that's just the only direction. I think that's the right thing to do. There's no way that Ilya jumps ahead of Holloway um, in title contention. It's just... That's blasphemy, man. That's, you can't do it to him, and he deserves it. <sighs> Other fight, Alex Smith, Ryan Spann. Um, Very controversial fight. I personally had money on Ryan Spann. I had that biasness going into it, so, you know, I was rooting for Ryan Spann. At the end of the fight, I did not watch the decision. I walked into the other room. I don't know. I had to do something with the kid or with the kitchen or something, I remember. So I walked in the other room. When I walked back, um, the fight was already on to the next one. I checked my DraftKings. Ryan Spann had lost decision. I was surprised, but not by much. Um, I definitely saw how the fight went. I didn't consider that a robbery in any way, shape, or form. But it also wasn't a dominant performance. That was nothing that you want to really come out and claim as dominant. You know, I hear uh, Anthony Smith. He's trying to call out Alex Piera. Definitely does not deserve that fight. Alex Piera is on a whole nother longitude and just launching off and Alex Smith and Anthony Smith he's people are hoping he lost his fight and retired let's be honest people do not want to see him anymore um he's not you know he's not producing highlights he's not doing that type and uh he's definitely not a fan favorite so Ryan Spann I don't know what's coming up you guys can run it back to be honest I don't think too many people would care if you did that or whatever you want to do it doesn't matter what um Anthony Smith 
Anthony Smith does next, nobody, I don't care. Um, I don't think very many people do other than that. The other fight on that card that was very important when it comes to the female divisions is Aaron Blanchfield took on Tiala Santos. I hope I said that right. It was, it was one hell of a fight. Um, definitely the first round Santos put it on her. Aaron Blanchfield came in looking very dominant. I think she fought maybe Molly last. I'm not really sure, but she looked dominant through every performance. This was definitely a huge step up in competition and it showed Tiala Santos looked great that first round. She was using her range. She was had pop on her punches. She was doing great. Um, Aaron Blanchfield looked lost. She didn't look like she knew what to do with the length of Santos. She was definitely struggling to get a takedown. What I can say, and it was a huge positive, was watching her in-fight adjustments. Um, Aaron Blanchfield did a great job in between round one and round two. Round one, she was dominated clearly, I think, on most scorecards by most people. Round two, she she changed it up. She came out, used different tactics, used a lot of cage control, pressed Santos against the cage and controlled her a lot from there with the strikes inside and just a lot of control, just control time, and just controlled the fight from that aspect. And it was a very smart decision because she was being dominated on the feet. Aaron Blanchfield definitely could not take her down. She tried multiple shot attempts and just failure after failure to take her down. When they did get to the ground, she did not dominate. There was nothing super impressive. Santos is impressive in her own right on the ground. So, you know, you can't, it's not much you can take away from it, but Aaron Blanchfield was the better fighter. She made better in-fights adjustments. She did deserve the win, and she got the win. That's going to come back around when we start talking about this last week's fight night. Um, that was a surreal gone experience. Definitely big one on that one was surreal gone dominating the polar bear. And I'm not even going to get into that fight. Everybody saw it. Complete domination. Big shout out surreal gone. That's the way you come back, you know, after that John, John Jones loss. A lot of people had questions and a lot of them were answered. That was a beautiful performance. And, uh, Whoo, good job, brother. Good job, brother. Um, on that also was what's her name? Marin Manon Fiaro. I think that's how you pronounce it. Manon Fiaro. Manon fought Rose Namanunas. And that was one hell of a fight. Um Rose, I wanna I wanna give you props. I, I saw I saw a picture of her finger. That happened in the first round. That pinky on her lead hand or her power hand. I think it was her right hand. I'm pretty sure she's orthodox. Broken pinky and not dislocated. The pinky was just fractured right right before the big knuckle. So somewhere right in this region. Complete fracture. You got to try to post a picture on here. I'm not sure if that'll get me copyrighted or how that goes. But just respect, man. She fought on from there. She even threw the right hand. She did beautiful. She switched her stance. She made it more of a jab hand because she couldn't put the power in it. Trooped through for three rounds. That was beautiful. I want to give Rose her props where due. Give her her flowers. With that being said, that's two losses in a row. It's starting to uh, starting to question things. But I think a change of scenery. I do believe she changed gyms. And I'm not really sure what exactly she did. But it was a good fight. It was a good fight. She was not going to win stand-up at Pisses me off a little bit that she didn't change it up. I thought she'd go for the takedown, try to take it down to the ground, try to work on. This is this is mixed martial arts, folks. 
take advantage of it. You're getting beat standing up. I know that she probably still thought she could land that head kick like she did versus Wei Lee, and, you know, it's always there. She was getting beat up, man. She needed to take that down, try the different, you know, try the different aspects of the game. Maybe she could have. I had her down for a round two rear naked choke. Never even got close. Um, I was hoping. I was hoping, but it was a stand-up, and she got dominated. That's the only way to put it. Manon, I want to give a big, you know, respect where due for her as well. Stand-up-wise, she dominated. That was a beautiful performance. She's dominated ever since she's come in the UFC. We can be honest, you know. She she beat my girl Tabitha Riki. She beat Baby Shark. I give her that, you know. Came in. Tabitha came off of the uh, short notice Came in off of like seven days notice, fought a weight class up above her own, was completely outsized and outmatched in the striking category, and took an ass whooping. Manning, good performance, amazing performance, and that's pretty much all she's done since she's gotten the UFC. I've got nothing but love for her and what she's done. Definitely a very strong striker, kind of almost reminds me of... Almost a Holly Holm, the way that she throws punches. She has a little more into it um, from the hips. Holly Holmes was more of a shoulder thrower, but Holly Holmes was very precise and had a lot of legs. Um, Manon, not so much the legs, but I, I see a little Holly Holmes in her. Maybe it's just the tall white girl on the build going more into that, but she's throwing, man. She's throwing putasso. She's throwing, you know what I mean, with some power. Not quite Amanda Nunes because she, she's not getting the KOs, but she looks like it, the way she throws from the shoulder. I mean, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful strikes that she has um she's also displayed a little domination in the grappling she's done a couple little hip tosses and stuff throughout her career in the ufc so she's shown that she can take the fight to the ground if it needs to be there she has shown that she didn't show it against rose but it is there it's it's tough man because one of them aaron blanchfield or manon has to be the number one contender what you do with them is very important at this point um this is going to come down to grosso versus valentina September 16th, tune in. It's a fight night. I don't know how that fight definitely deserves a pay-per-view, especially we also have Tracy Cortez fighting on that fight card. That is huge for the division because for those that don't know, Aaron Blanchfield's only loss is to Tracy Cortez. Tracy Cortez has hit the UFC and won every fight since she's hit the UFC, just like Aaron Blanchfield. The only difference is the finishing rate. Aaron Blanchfield has got some submissions. You know, she's out here putting on performances. Tracy Cortez has gone all decisions all the way through. Tracy Cortez is the only person to beat Aaron Blanchfield via decision. So that was before the UFC. I did watch that fight um, just because I love both of their ground game. I thought it would be a very good matchup. So I had to watch that fight. It was from a shitty camera angle. Couldn't see too much, but I watched what I could. I'll be honest. Um, that division is going to be up in smoke, man, because I think Valentina is going to pull the win. Let's, let's just be honest. She got caught last fight against Grasso. Grasso can do it again. I take nothing away from Grasso. Huge respect for everything Grasso has done, what you accomplished. I want to give it up to her. Give it up to her. I think you're going to get beat. You know, and I, I say that with all respect. Um, if I got a bet, which I am betting, I'm betting heavy Valentina. Heavy. Bet the house on it. Um, just outclass. I mean, she just master on the feet and i think she was caught hopefully she stops that spinning back shit because that's what got her caught but it also worked so you know you die live by the sword die by the sword i think valentina is going to win so now it's going to be up to the ufc do you give a trilogy fight to grasso i don't think she deserves it. i think she caught it quick i don't think they, they give her a trilogy but if they do give her a trilogy that sets you up easy number one contender is just blanchfield versus manon i mean 
Very easy. You, know, you just do that number one contenders match. Let that go. I would love to see Blanchfield fight against Tracy Cortez. I'm not going to lie. That would be a beautiful matchup just because it's more ground game. They both have about the same striking. And that's a great matchup I've always wanted to see. And I look forward to the day that they fight again because I do feel that their routes will pass. You know, their, their, their paths will meet at some point. What do we do next, folks? I mean, Valentina takes the win. Neither of these girls came out and showed a dominant performance in Manon or Aaron Blanchfield. It actually leaves the door open for Tracy Cortez. If Tracy Cortez comes out here and just she's going to have to get a KO or a very dominant ground submission. This cannot go decision. But if she comes out and she puts a stamp on the division, it's going to be a three-way tie for that number one contendership. There is no if ands, or you know, buts about it. Aaron Blanchfield is probably the better grappler between her and Manon. Um, Manon is a better striker. So that's going to be the classic battle there. We know where that is um, with Valentina, which one matches up. I think the size of Manon and her striking ability gives her a better chance against Valentina. <sighs> Either way, it's tough. Anybody against Valentina, I'm betting Valentina. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She can shoot like a fucking pro. She wrestles. I mean, she fights. She does all of it. Her tosses. I mean, just her her game is it's amazing. Grosso. Found a hole, found a weakness at that point, and exploited it. I give her full respect, and let's see if she can do it again, man. That's a, that's a that's a tall order. We'll put it that way. So that division's in the air. Super excited to see where that one goes and how that ends up. We're gonna have a three way tie for first place for number one contender if Tracy Cortez pulls off a win. I do believe in her. I do believe Tracy Cortez will pull the win, and I'm betting heavy on DraftKings. Oh, man. What's next? What's next? UFC 293. That's where we're headed. The fight card is pretty weak. Um, We ain't got to debate about that one. It's going to be tough to get people to pay for this one just because of the entire card. Peter Yan fell out. I believe he was supposed to fight Manel Cape. uh, Uh, I know I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but I know it's not Cape, but it's spelled K-A-P-E. Um. UFC 293 is going to be a banger. I do believe that main event I'm looking forward to. That's Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. It's going to be a banger. This is not going to end up on the floor unless one of them do, and it's going to be on their backside. That's what I personally believe. That's the way they should play out, and they got genuine hate there. I do enjoy fights with the genuine hate. I'm not a fan of the UFC doing all these marketing tactics from the BMF title and all the way to letting the opponents come in the cage after a victory. I don't like it. We've seen it before with the Jake Shields incident and the Diaz brothers when they put a whooping on Mayhem Miller. Um, that was strike force. I did do some research on that. It wasn't UFC, so maybe the UFC folks don't know this. But check it out, man. The Diaz brothers, they definitely smashed on Mayhem Miller when he was saying something on the mic. I mean, it's just... You got one person coming fresh off of a fight. He's probably exhausted. He just went through a battle. You got his team there. They're going to get his back. You got somebody else fresh out of the stands, probably intoxicated, coming in, going to talk shit. And it's like, it's just a recipe for disaster. I don't like it. Um, I'm a big fan of the sportsmanship. When somebody wins, give them their roses, let them celebrate their victories. Off to tomorrow, we'll worry about the next battle. I understand the marketing tactics. It's the same as the BMF. You can only have one champ. So what do you do? You sell these people a fake-ass title. Now you can call it a championship fight. You get more sales. I get it. Fake-ass title. There's only one champ, man. Um, Israel Adesanya. I, I'm going to take him. I'm going to bet him. 
but this is a big one that he can lose. Israel Adesanya has not fought many predominantly strikers. And I say that Whitaker, well-rounded fighter. The most well-rounded fighter probably the UFC history. I give him that. But I'm not going to say he's the best striker. You know, Israel Adesanya is a great striker. He's a, you know, kickball. He's a striker. Um, we have Yoel Romero, beast. You don't get much of a physical specimen that qualifies more than Yoel Romero. Not the greatest striker. I mean, his physical abilities are unmatched. But I'm not going to say he's a striker. He can wrestle with the best of them. You know what I mean? He's not predominantly striker. Sean Strickland, striker. Alex Piera, striker. Alex Piera gave Israel Adesanya a hard time. So maybe it's set up. Maybe Sean Strickland, man. I can't picture Sean Strickland being a champion. I don't think Dana White wants Sean Strickland to be a champion. I don't think the UFC or any business anywhere in this world will want Sean Strickland to be a champion, but there's a good chance Sean Strickland becomes a champion. Um, I would like to see him become the champion, too, just because he's a local guy. He's from Corona. You know what I mean? I'm from the Dino, Corona, 15-minute drive, real close. Um, Israel Adesanya said some real questionably racist shit about Drakus and his skin color and not being able to be from Africa and blah, blah, blah. And he's a China man. And as, as Sean Strickland would say, so money is on Israel Adesanya. My heart, I'm going with Sean Strickland, man. I want to see him put that fool out, but whatever. It doesn't really matter to me. I, I would, I love the, I love the mixed martial artist that Israel Adesanya is. He reminds me of, uh, you know, Anderson Silva. I love that striking capability. I love I love him as a fighter. I have no beefs or anything with Israel Adesanya as a fighter. Some of the things he said outside of the ring, that's why I'm not going to vote with my heart for him. But as a fighter, you can't bet against him. That dude's fucking dominant. He's 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 superior. He's great. You are great, Israel Adesanya. Um Tua. Tua Tua uh Tua Tua Vasa? I I know I'm pronouncing that right. Whatever. Tuavasa, he's back, man. 0-2 now. I think he's lost two straight, Sergey and Surreal. Those are two guys, I mean, you can lose to them. Them some big-ass dudes, man. Sergey, he's next level. Surreal, he's a beast of beasts. You saw the performance he put on last week, and there's no shame in losing to that man, especially in a stand-up battle. He did drop Surreal. I remember that. So he held his own, but, yeah, he lost that one. I think those bodies started getting eaten up, man. Surreal is something else. Beautiful stand-up performance. That's going to be tough to beat in that heavyweight division. Um, Tua is fighting Alexander Volkov. Alexander Volkov is 36-10. and 10. This is a veteran. This dude is 2-0 and in his last fights with two knockouts, and they were not against chumps. They were against Rosenstruck and... Romanoff, that's who it was. Uh, Rosenstruck and Romanoff, two, I mean, big boys. Those are big boys. That's big leagues, you know. You're not getting that heavyweight division. It's just big boys, and he went and knocked them both out. He's set up. I mean, if you put a 3-0 and run, you're set up to start making a run. He's going through Tuavasa, but Tuavasa, he needs this win. It's very important for him. It's set up as a slugfest. This is going to be a war. So the way that they got this card structured is just it going down. Is going down. Um, Putasos way. That's all I can say when it comes to that. Um, you know, my, my Hispanic little, my, my people, man, my people, man. You know, you know where I'm from, Southern California, man. I know a little bit about it, a little bit. Next fight over there, man, Manuel Cape. Like I said, man, man, it's not Manuel because there's no U, it's Manel. Manel Cape or something like that. He's 18 and 6, but this dude is 
I mean, he's a specimen. He's like a surreal gone, but smaller for his weight class. But he is just a physical. He is just stacked. Well, I love looking at just his physical nature. Um, doesn't look like he'll go three rounds, but just watching his performances, he has some stamina. It's very he's 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 built, man. He's built. That's all I can say. And he throws. He throws hands. He's very polished striker. Great takedowns. Very good defense. Um, takedown defense very good on the ground with control i believe he has a wrestling background he definitely looks like it when he's fighting he's fighting a he was supposed to fight peter yawn that would have been one hell of an event that would have been a great fight i was really looking forward to that one especially peter yawn i really look forward to his fights i love watching his technical striking um he definitely has been on a downfall the sugar show put a stop to his hype and that was tough. That was a tough one. Uh, Manuel Cape versus Felipe Dos Santos. Felipe Dos Santos. He's hard to find tape on. I did find a little bit. He's a little wild guy. He's definitely making his UFC debut. I don't see him winning this fight. He's 7-0 and with one no contest. Um, he hasn't fought anybody in the UFC. Like I said, a UFC debut. Does have some decent striking. Um, not serious knockout power. However, he... Very wild. He's falling a lot with some of the things that he throws and stuff. I, I found him on the mat quite a few times. You don't want to do that against a UFC-level fighter. They will expose you for being caught out of position, and it's setting him up for a really, really, really hard time, especially in this fight. I'm not sure it's one. Wasn't sure it's a smart business decision unless he pulls off this upset. It gets him, I mean, shit, you get a star on the fucking walk of fame, basically, at this point, if he pulls this one off. Oh. We'll see, man. We'll see. Justin Taffa is going to be fighting Austin Lane. I I can't tell you guys. I can't express how much this means to me to see this fight. I'm super excited. Not for the results. Not for anything further than just knowing that Justin Taffa made a full recovery. That eye poke was so scary, man. I saw that finger go damn near all the way two knuckles deep. That was bad. Man. That was bad. Justin Toffa, they canceled the fight, you know, in the first round. Austin Lane, you can tell his heart was broken. He didn't mean to do it. Um, I felt bad for both fighters at that point. I wasn't sure what they were going to do next. But the only thing I was worried about was Justin Toffa making a full recovery. It seems he has done that. Super excited to see this fight just for that sake and them being able to pick up where they left off. It's a huge blessing, huge blessing I'm so grateful that you got your eyesight back. And I actually put a post on that about Twitter, and I remember he liked it. So I got you, man. I got you. Last fight, I actually did bet Austin Lane. This time around, I'm going Justin Taffa, man. You won my heart. My heart goes out to both of you fighters. I hope you make it through and you both make it out healthy. Um, I'm glad you guys both get to run it back and get to relive this opportunity in your career. So congratulations to both of those gentlemen and uh May the war be on, man. That's all I can say. So that one's set up. That's a stand-up. You know, it's a, it's a lot of stand-up on this card. You know, there's not a lot of names, but the more I was looking at it, I was like, this is war, 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 war. So we'll see, man. There's a lot of talent on this card, so don't sleep on it. Um, I'm not going to go any deeper on that one. I'm just going to leave it at that. Just want to touch bases with you guys, tell you I miss you. I love you. Um, I got the hard drive fixed. Thank you for all the assistance I got from, you know, the person that I assisted with me at. Man, it's great, man. I love the support system. Like I said, if I can support any of you in any way, shape, or form, you want to be on the podcast, reach out to me. If I can help you in any way, if you have questions about anything, let me know. 
Um, I did have two questions from a fellow Twitterer, Miss Sky. I'm guessing it's a girl or a guy, whoever the hell it is, but um, asked me who my who, first one was favorite UFC fighter of all time. It's difficult for me to say a favorite UFC fighter of all time. There's so many of them. Um, I love GSP. I got to put him down as one of my favorite UFC fighters. Um, Chuck Liddell, I always loved his just hearing about him outside and just being at the bars in San Luis Obispo. My sister lived up there, and they always just told me he was a good person. So always loved that about him. Um, Rich Franklin, I always loved Rich Franklin and the way that he handled himself. He's like a modern-day wonder boy. Um Steven Thompson, you know, I love everything about him, but it's going to be difficult um, for just the evolution of the sport. The sport has changed so much in the last 30 years. It's not even fair to compare them. It's like there's no other sport in the world you can do that with from at least in my lifetime that has evolved as much as the UFC. And it's all because of Dana White, what he's been doing, the risk he took, the investment he did in his life. You know, his his time, his money, just his life. He's invested his life into the UFC, and I love everything that he has built. Big shout-out, man, once again. Can't give you enough, man. Can't do it. But Sky on Twitter, so my favorite UFC fighter of all time is going to be real difficult, but I can tell you who my favorite fighter of all time is, and that's because he was the most impactful person on not just my life but my brother's life, and that would be Kimbo Slice, man. R.I.P. Kimbo Slice, my favorite fighter of all time is definitely Kimbo Slice. From those YouTube videos to making it to the UFC when Dana White laughed at him. I remember Dana White saying these YouTube guys can't make it to this level. And Dana White, you asked him today about Kimbo Slice. He'll tell you there's no better man. You know, and it's just the person that he was, the examples that he set. It was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. He didn't need to talk shit, man. He sold. His his actions sold, man. And Kimbo Slice, man, my heart goes out to you, your family, you know, and just everything. I'm so glad you got to reach stardom and get a piece of what you deserve before you went out, man. Uh, R.I.P. Kimbo Slice, my favorite fighter of all time. I need one of your autographs. I'm going to be getting it. I'm going to get it, man. They're expensive as shit, though. Um, Other question was, who is the GOAT? Who is the GOAT? And uh, Scott felt that Khabib was the GOAT. Um. I understand. There is definitely, to me, there's a recency bias in there. I'm not sure of their race, religion, creed, or where they're from. I'm not sure how that plays into it, but I definitely think that's a recency bias just because give it to him, man. Um, he, he, I love watching Khabib. I take nothing away from Khabib. Khabib, amazing career, and shouts out. Man. Big shouts out. Got my Quran right back there. I'm definitely nobody to judge nobody. I got my Bible right next to it, so y'all can say what you want. I got the Bhagavad Gita right next to that one. I it could break it down, you know what I mean? Definitely nothing in that aspect. But what I do got to say in the GOAT conversation, it, it's, it's fucking simple, man. This isn't even debatable. To me, there's no debate to be had. John Jones, the dude had 15 title fights since 2011. That's 13 years this dude has reigned supreme. You know, 13-year run, 15 title fights. Khabib had four title fights in a two-year span. You cannot compare four title fights to 15. You cannot compare two years of dominance to 11. I mean, it's not even, it's not even in, it's no question. No question about it. John Jones, I'm not a fan of him outside of the cage. I'm a huge fan of him. Inside the cage, his technical abilities, what he's done is amazing. I do love the turnaround that he has done in the public eye um, as a parent. 
as somebody that, you know, would love to see fighters that my kids watch if they end up, or not just my kids, everybody's kids. When when they idolize these fighters, I'd like to see a better example. Um, Not pretty much, you know, not want Charlie Sheen to be who they're idolizing. So I love it. I love the turnaround he's made in the public eye, whatever you're doing behind closed curtains. If you want to be doing, you know, nose candy till you're, Till your fucking nose is raw. I don't. I don't give a damn. Like that doesn't matter to me. I'll sell it to you. You know. But it's like, I love the turnaround and the positive image that you've put in the public eye. Just because you have that power and you're there, and you will lead children in a better direction from that point. My personal belief. So, I respect it. I love what he's done. But in the goat conversation, as far as performance and laying it out, there is no question on who the goat is. With that being said, and I'm just gonna wrap it up on this. Fuck you, Bilal Muhammad. Um, Bilal Muhammad just so put a little Twitter post. Y'all could check it out. Just put himself on uh, Twitter. And he put himself on the cover of the, the UFC game that comes out. We all know Volk, uh, Volk and Valentina won the honors. They actually earned them. They deserved them. They actually get finishes in their fights and get performance of the night bonuses. Mr. Bilal Muhammad put himself on the cover, and I did, you know, I commented on it. And I put, man, if they put you on there, they're going to have to minimize TKOs and submissions. I was like, what are you now? Three finishes out of your last 17 fights because we ain't counting the eye poke as a finish. You know what I mean? I was like, this game does not sound entertaining. And he came back and put, uh, you're a father, sad you're Children have nobody to look up to, something along those nature. But all I know, he just dragged my kids into it, which I don't personally mind. I don't have no emotions like that. Um, where I'm from, you drag your kids into it, or people, you know, you can listen to it. Don't talk about my mom. I don't talk about my kids. That's a personal, you ain't hurting my feelings, player. You ain't hurting my feelings at all because, uh, hey, what your kids got to look forward to is a unanimous decision, if anything. You know what I mean? So we'll just go with that one. But, um, yeah, no, no, I definitely feel very confident in my skin, but I can tell you, you want to bring my kids in, and if you do want, if you're ever in SoCal, sir, and you would like to uh, exchange a little physicality, please hit me. Just let me know what gym, what location. Like I said, I'm not a fighter anymore. Um, I haven't been fighting for a while, but I would love to exchange some physical altercations with you. We can do it in the ring. There ain't have to be nothing like that, but if you want to take it outside of there, I got... I spent my weekend cleaning guns. I don't mind. My kids, they look up to me because they know what I was and they know what I've become. But I can go right back to where I was and I don't mind it, boy. I got enough skeletons in the closet. I wouldn't mind hanging yours along with them. So with that being said, fuck Bilal Muhammad. And I love y'all, man. I love each and every person. You know what I mean? And uh, I had my daughter at Disneyland last week and she told me, you made my dream come true. So that was all I needed. You know what I mean? That is my, that's my shit right there. So With that being said, love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. Love what you're doing, Dana White, man. Love everything about it, the UFC. I do question, you know, all the guy, the antics going in, but I understand the marketing behind it too. So that's why I don't even question or judge you because I know what you've built. So, hey, keep doing what you're doing, folks. I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. Y'all want to jump on, need anything, hit me, man. Love y'all. I'm out. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. 
This podcast will now self-destruct in three, two, one.